0: Ari Rosebound here with another fun-filled episode of that 41 k podcast. This is episode number 280. Uh, the signs uh, that a One k plan is in good shape for those plan sponsors out there. Uh, of course, go to that 4k ksitecom for the information on all our events. Next week we have the virtual event. I mean, it's it's creeping up. Uh, this is Tuesday as I'm recording. You know, of course, Monday was all screwed up with the holiday. And, you know, panicking with like nine days left with, uh, you know, getting a schedule all together. We're going to start at noon, I think, on Thursday, start at 11 on Friday, six hours, I think, in between the two events. Some good uh, plant providers out there talking about all their stuff. Uh, And, of course, if you get my emails, sign up for free. We have about 60 people, I think, signed up as of last week. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot more, you know, all last minute uh live events may the third texas june the 7th new york bronx new york and mary very uh, i'd like to thank all the plan providers out there that are uh you know partaking in these live events and we're adding quite a few soon and that's been like the whole screw up with the the virtual event and getting people in and and locking people in but uh have a fun event will all come together next week and the live events should be a lot of fun. I know the screwy part of Texas is we usually do a game with the event. Uh, Texas, I think the game is on a Thursday at like 1.30 in the afternoon. So, I mean, if there are people who want to go, uh, we'll have some tickets. Uh, but, uh I'm sure a lot of people don't want to go because it's 1.30 in the afternoon on a Thursday. People, you know, got jobs and such. Yankee Stadium will be a little bit different. We'll have some game, uh, game tickets for the Dodger game for those who want to attend. Um, we'll probably talk about some charge for those who want to attend just to see, uh, you know, last-minute people. And whatever, we'll work it out. And hopefully with the success of these events, we'll, you know, plow ahead with another two to three events next year uh i certainly thinking washington dc is, is is a certain place i'd like to go when uh i've been to but uh should be uh should probably get a good crowd there and go back to uh los angeles uh, probably uh anaheim we'll see how that's going i know anaheim uh, tried to have an event there i want to say in 2022 maybe and it didn't work out they had you know, I think the Mets were in town, of course, and I think the problem was they had this rule that you couldn't have the event and the game at the same day, and if you did, act, you actually could have the event and the game the same day, but the people who were going to attend the event had to go to the game, which, you know, I'm all for democracy. If people don't want to go see an Angels game on a Friday night, they don't have to. And based on what the team has done the last couple of years, I can't blame them if they don't want to. But let's go to the topic at hand. Being a on k plan sponsor isn't easy. Um, obviously, uh, most plan sponsors want to do a good job. Very few actually do. Um, if you're interested in doing a good job, you could all be like uh, one of my favorite politicians of all time, Ed Koch, who was the mayor of the New York City when I was a kid, from 77 to uh, 89. Uh, I think he was a really good mayor. Uh, crime statistics, statistics at the time didn't show that. But I think he really tried his best. It was all about how am I doing? Um, and the problem with politicians is after about eight years, you're not doing so well anymore. And that's why he was defeated when he tried to run for a fourth term. And, you know, again, very few plant sponsors get it together and do things right. And... Um, it, this is kind of like a list of how, how you know that things are, you know, doing well and are in good shape. And number one is you're doing what needs to be done. I mean, it's, it's kind of silly to say that, but it's really true. It's about doing the work. It's about depositing Sally's deferrals on time. Uh, I think that that still, again, is the biggest error. The biggest error because it's the most frequent thing that you're doing to your plan every week or every other week. Which always reminds me, I always like places that gave me a weekly check. Just for budgeting purposes, I, I know that, you know, my, my wife works, you know, for an employer and it's every two weeks and, you know, you just got to, I wouldn't say we go from paycheck to paycheck, but you, you, you just like aim to save as much money as you can before you get that next paycheck. And when you had a weekly paycheck, that always worked out well. I forget who had a weekly paycheck. Um, I always think that people who have weekly paychecks have uh, more uh, 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 turnover than those who have... Bi-weekly checks, I don't know. But obviously, uh, 26, 52 times a year, you got to deposit salary deferrals. And, you know, when somebody's late once, they're not late just once. They're always late multiple times. And obviously, for the last decade, Department of Labor is making sure plan sponsors put in that money as soon as possible. Um, You know, uh, the second biggest error out there, of course, I, I say, is the compensation error. Um, The plan sponsor assumes that the compensation includes or doesn't include some form of compensation, but the plan document says opposite or administration says opposite. Um, Years ago, uh, I forgot who it was, but somebody gave me a referral to a bank who, uh, for 20 years, it's an audited plan, 20 years, the auditor didn't realize that bonuses were improperly excluded I wanted to go BCP and fix the error going back to the beginning of time. They found a arrest attorney who, uh, had, uh, in those days, uh, less of a, uh, guilty conscience and said that they could self-correct it. Uh, but these errors happen all the time. Um, you know, I, again, I, I, just wrote another article recently about it. And, you know, my theory of keep it simple, stupid. Um, I think that, uh, you know, W2Comp, um, it, it, it's easier, and I, I like W2 Comp for the whole year instead of entry date, but whatever it is, W2 Comp works. It's simple. Everybody gets it. Everybody understands it. Uh, the moment you try to be cute is uh, the moment, uh, you know, you're going to make an error, and so, you know, those are the things, you know, right off the top. Those are two errors. You're If you're on top of that, and you make sure that there's no errors, you're going to be good, and of course, it's important to have good plant providers. Um, I think that what separates a good plan from a bad plan a lot of times are the plant providers. Uh, bad plans have bad pr- providers, they have bad TPAs, and I think good plans have good CPAs. I've never seen a good plan with a bad TPA. Never, never, never. Um, TPAs who, you know, obviously know what they're doing, financial advisors who know what they're doing, they don't have, you know, back in the day, uh, people in the audience, I, I, all, all two of you, uh, more than two people, but. You know, these are people 25 years experience in the business. And, uh, they remember when there were financial advisors, especially if they're, you know, uh, working with financial advisors, they, they remember that there were more financial advisors out there who are, who I called the Barney Fife advisor. The reason I called the Barney Fife advisor, if you knew the story of Andy Griffith, Barney Fife had one bullet. It was on one unspent bullet and it was in a shirt pocket. Um, you know a, a bonnie five advisor is just somebody who has one plan on the books i'll never forget there was a broker who worked out of his house who uh, i forgot which brokerage firm he'd never heard of it and i met him once at the albertson there was a diner in albertson over there and uh he had one plan on the books and my god was that a waste of a breakfast um you know, financial advisors who have more than one plan in the books, they tend to know what they're doing. Uh, there are quite a few financial advisors who have a lot of plans on the books and don't know what they're doing. They think that, the you know, what they're doing is picking funds. They don't realize the whole fiduciary process, meaning clients and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, an advisor who knows what they're doing, they're you know going to have a fiduciary process for a 401k plan, but has no bumps in the road. Um you know, what makes a good plant provider? Well, you know, it's like a smorgasbord of the buffet at Sizzler. And I have to tell you, I actually went to a Sizzler this past August in Oregon. So for those who don't remember, Sizzler was like was like the Ponderosa. Ponderosa is another chain that is out of the New York area. If you look at Sizzler's locations, it's pretty much all West Coast these days. So I think I was in... Somewhere in Oregon, and I saw that the, there was a sizzler, and I'm like, I'm going to the sizzler. And um, unlike the Ponderosa, which we had the previous year on Christmas Day outside Kissimmee, Florida, the sizzler meal had a better memory to it. Uh, I think the buffet was better, uh, the steak was better, um, and that's why this past you know, December we were in Florida. We did not stop at that. Lone Ponderosa in, in Kissimmee, Florida, which would have been open Christmas Day, but then we didn't go, we went, to, we went to the movies instead, and we went to Hulk Hogan's restaurant, which my wife absolutely hated, in uh, Clearwater, Florida. But you need plant providers who have expertise, uh, charge a reasonable fee, uh, and, and really keep you out of trouble. And, uh, you know, it's got to be in a language that you can understand, you know, ERISA-Ease is not English. RISA-Ease is RISA-Ease. I work for more plan providers and risk attorneys who spoke RISA-Ease. But with the best prime providers, you know, they make mistakes too. But, you know, when they do make mistakes, they can find that error quickly uh, rather than have it sit around and fester uh, like some sort of uh, disease or other disgusting thing. And, uh, you know, obviously, the way to tell whether a plane provider is doing their job is, you know, hiring somebody independent, like an ERISA attorney, you know, to find out. Um, You know, good CPAs are really knowledgeable on the compliance end of things. Um, They can handle the nuts and bolts on plane design, which, of course, brings up that whole Boeing uh, 737 MAX 9 problem, which, uh, you know, they didn't get their bolts in. Uh, That was a problem. New new planes should not uh, have, uh, you know, piece of the fuselage breakup uh, and fly off the plane. A bad TPA, you know, to me focuses on the wrong things. They focus on synergies between payroll and deposits. They'll focus solely on their website or some other nonsense. Uh, you know, a good financial advisor will obviously understand that their most important part, like I said, is not picking up mutual funds. It's all about the IPS, education plan participants, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's all about the process. It's all about the process, which always reminds me the 76ers, you know, have faith in the process, and uh, they really haven't uh, done very well come playoff time. But, of course, they had Doc Rivers, who, outside of that lone championship at the Celtics, was not exactly a great playoff coach. But uh, next off, what keeps a good plan out there is obviously a plan review. Um, I always bring up, uh, this is like a, Source subject. Uh, it will always be a source subject. I told my wife I'm dating, I had a good credit report. Problem is, I didn't check my credit report. Um, my mother had a $17,000 balance on a credit card that I opened up with her back when I was starting college. So I'm, you know, 28 years old. I didn't know that there was still that credit card out there. And I had a $17,000 account balance. So my credit report was not sterling. It was, I don't know, early, low 700s. Uh, now, uh, you know, there was one point where my credit report recently, I want to say about three, four years ago, was about 670. I had so much credit card debt accumulated over the years. My wife was out of work for about three years. And I want to say my student loans have been paid off. and. Probably by March, my mortgage will be paid off, and right now my credit scores are in the 800s. But uh, again, it's kind of embarrassing to tell, you know, someone you're dating, you have a good credit report. turns out you didn't. Uh, and uh, there's uh, that, that the whole story is you don't know until you know. So a lot of plan sponsors who think they have a really sterling, golden, flu k plan, and they don't really know what's going on. So unless you review your plan, just like unless I review my credit report, now you can do it daily with the internet access and all the credit card companies have it out there, which I find amusing because nobody has the same number. (laughs) It's like 815, 805, whatever. Uh, It is what it is, but you can't take, uh, you know, plan sponsors, you know, just like people couldn't take my word that my credit report was good. You can't take the word of your plan provider that things are great because obviously the plan provider is gonna say what they want you to hear. And that thing is, everything is everything is golden. Everything is rosy. Um, you know, uh, their assurances might be valid, and their assurances might not be valid. And that's always a problem. And, you know, uh, the plan audit from the government, that, that kind of sifts through the nonsense, and that's kind of the sticker shock of uh, seeing what's going down. So uh, you don't know until you know. And so that's why I have this retirement plan tune-up. I've been talking about it for longer than I've been you know, solo practice, and plan sponsors don't want to pay for it. Uh, they don't want to pay $750 from plan assets to find out if things are going good or not. And uh, that, that's the problem. Plan sponsors are reactive. They are not proactive. They deal with things when they break. They don't deal with things to avoid things breaking. So that's always a problem. Um, and uh, that, that's a situation. It's the same thing with benchmarking the plan. Plan sponsors don't know how much they're paying until they see what someone else is charging. And, again, I'll say it a thousand times. We had these uh, contractors work on our house. They built an extension. They put in two bathrooms, whatever it was. I didn't like the guys from the get-go. My wife kind of liked them. Uh, And we didn't know they were expensive until we fired them and checked with other people out there. And I think the big problem with them was they built an extension to our house. We had Hurricane Sandy come in around the same time. They destroyed as a result of them not properly sealing their door, the front door, which was a wooden door, which they talked us into. The, the door had mold on it and whatever. And they wanted an arm, they, they, downstairs where I'm sitting right now, was completely flooded. And they wanted some crazy amount of money to just put up, uh, put up walls and nothing else, and spackle and not, not paint. That was some some ridiculous, like $20,000. Uh, we fired them, sued them, got a settlement, all that kind of stuff. But it is what it is, and you know, you don't know how much you're paying until you see how much other people are paying, uh, how much other plan providers are charging. So it's important for plan sponsors to benchmark their plan, see if what they're paid what they're paying, you know, is reasonable for the services provided. And again, they're, you know, they're all these companies with all these benchmarking services and you know all that kind of stuff and uh, it's uh, it, again the benchmarking of plan is like a credit score. You have a high enough score uh, some of these easy to read surveys out there, you know that your plan is 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 doing well. And another sign that your plan is doing well is high participation. Obviously, more people involved, uh, the better things. Uh, you know, obviously the demographics of your uh, company mean things. Uh, you're working in a restaurant. You're probably going to have a lower participation uh, than somebody working at a law firm. You know, uh, I hear, uh, I've heard that uh, a lot of, uh, law firms have high paid employees and you have associates that get paid a lot of money. I mean, I've heard that. Uh, I don't think I've, I saw that. <laughs> um, but, uh, that's, that's a running joke, but you know, obviously if you employ well-paid people, um, and you have a low participation rate, you obviously got a problem. Uh, again, there are, you know certain businesses uh, you don't have a 401 k plan. I think my daughter switched jobs. Uh, she now works at a, a bar instead of a pizzeria. I don't think they have a 401 one k plan. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, security guys that work a bunch of hours each night. I mean, it's it's just low paid, uh, low uh, you know low work hourly work. Uh, you know, it's you're not going to have people with you know, so much money that they could afford to defer. And that's unfortunate in this country. You know, too many uh, middle-class jobs just went out the door over the past, you know, I want to say 40, 50 years. Uh, And that affects, obviously, the participation. But obviously, if you have a good enough, well-paid staff, and you're doing well, uh, and you have a high participation rate, and people are just in the plan and, and getting in, that's a good sign. Same thing about enrollment and education meetings. And, you know, obviously you have of 44 c guidelines. You have to give plant participants enough information to make informed investment decisions. And we use the enrollment participation and education meetings to get people involved. Um, I think what really sets up the difference between good plans and everyone else are the education meetings. If you have advisors who give one on one investment advice, I think that helps out better. Um, you need to have, obviously, regular investment education meetings, uh, you know, and it could be tied to the entry date of the plan, that's which I'd recommend, which is why I don't necessarily recommend monthly entry, I like quarterly. But, you know, uh, good providers out there will treat the uh, meetings seriously, uh, they won't be like funerals, they'll be interesting and engaging and get people involved and uh to me that's a good sign of a good 401k plan and last but not least obviously you're properly insured uh most plan sponsors don't know the requirements of of bond and what's the difference between of bonds and fidelity fiduciary fidelity, fiduciary insurance uh protecting plan providers from liability um and i've had you know plans that didn't have a bond and that led to an audit or you know, there was a plan out there that had millions of dollars and doesn't an advisor and they didn't have a bond and that was problematic. So obviously a sign that a plan is doing well is proper insurance. Uh and that's a ERISA bond, fiduciary liability insurance, all that kind of stuff. So uh that's that. Uh for uh anybody out there, uh <laughs> That concludes this episode of That 4K Podcast. Tune in next week's episode. And, of course, going to That4KSite.com for further information on all our um, live and not-so-live virtual events. And, of course, tune in next week for another fun-filled episode of That 4K Podcast.